you already know who it is. We're your two hosts. I'm Sean, a.k.a. Shawnee Blaze. And I'm John, a.k.a. Suave. And you're listening to Porchlight Talk. I gotta get it while they're getting good. Get us out the hood. I'm tired of the landlord tripping on the What's up, everybody? Thanks for tuning in and also keeping up with us. It's been some time since we recorded. Sean, let them know what we got on deck for today's Porchlight Talks. Uh, we got the King of Staten Island, The Five Bloods, and Blind Spotting. All great movies. Yeah, these were awesome. Now, before we really dive into each one, out of the three, which one was your favorite? Oh, this! I actually was hoping you would ask me this. So, I think the King of Staten Island will probably be the mo- the one I've rewatched the most. Okay. I think my favorite is Blind Spotting, but my favorite stuff in a movie is probably The Five Bloods, mm. like of the movies I've seen this year. Okay, uh, interesting. I would probably say the one I will rewatch the most would be Blind Spotting. Yeah, after the rewatch, I kind of felt the same too. Man, it's just picked up on a lot of things in that, and I can't wait, you know, till we get into that one. But uh, before we we go any further, let's uh, let's get into King of Staten Island because I think that's what we want to talk about first, right? Yeah, for sure. All right, so real quick, let's give y'all an overview. King of Staten Island, twenty twenty, just was released on June twelfth. Scott has been a case of arrested development since his firefighter dad died. He spends his days smoking weed and dreaming of being a tattoo artist. Awesome. Until events force him to grapple with his grief and take his first steps forward in life. And we have uh, 7.2 on IMBD or IMDB. I fuck that up every time. And then we have a 73% on uh, Tomato Meter, Rotten Tomato, and the audience gave it an 86%. Nice. So, yeah. So who's in it? Oh. Pete Davidson. Yeah. Pete Davidson, uh, Bell Powley, Ricky Velez. I don't know. That's who they're giving me at first. But the main people I know are Pete Davidson and uh, Bill Burr. Bill Burr. Yeah. So. Yeah, so you... I think we talked about it. You didn't really know much about Pete Davidson, really, did you? Never heard of him. Really? The only thing that I knew of Pete Davidson was, I think, through a Snapchat TMZ thing that oh. said he was losing his like mind. Okay. And he was yeah. abusing drugs, and he had like his shirt off, and I saw all his crazy tattoos and stuff. Right. It's really pale, and I was like, this guy could be a drug addict. Like, <laughs> legit, he might be messed up. But um, going through some Reddit things and just researching it, just, yeah, just realized who he was. Okay. So, yeah, I mean, shout out to uh, our friend Jay Vick. He uh, put me on to uh, Pete Davidson like four or five years ago. Uh, he had Whoa. first gotten on, he had just gotten accepted onto SNL. Okay, that's a big deal. So Josh was like, hey, have you heard of this kid? He's like 18. He's like the youngest cast member since Eddie Murphy. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, So Josh was showing me some of his stand-up, and it was mm-hmm. like really funny. Yeah. So 
I've kind of kept my eye out for him since then. But with SNL, he's kind of like just pushed the weekend update, so he's not really doing anything. He's really not in many sketches. Okay. So I don't know really how long he's going to stick around there. But Okay. So when this movie was coming out, I, I mean, I already liked it before I watched it. So there was like no way I was going to dislike this movie, right? Yeah, yeah. You had to. You had already told yourself that this was you were going to like it. I I want to watch this movie. You did you give it an expectation that it it met, or you just went in knowing I got to like this movie and didn't really give it a bar and expectation. Um, I tried to be like fair or critical. Yeah. Okay. You know, I had an expectation, but mm-hmm. I think it did meet it. Actually, I actually it was a. Kind of exactly what I wanted to watch. Okay. Which was pretty cool. So, and then you throw in Bill Burr, who I really like as a comedian. Sure. And to see him in a bigger role. His, did you recognize him, by the way? I did. Yeah, immediately. I knew who it was. From Breaking Bad? Breaking Bad and uh, watching the Rough and Rowdy. Uh, he, anna- oh, yeah, he announced it. So, just kind of knowing his voice, I knew who it was. One of my one of my favorite uh, parts about him is he quit like quick line he has is I'm not a what does he say I'm not a uh, not a Yankees fan I'm a I'm a Boston <laughs> Boston Red yeah, Sox Boston's Red Sox fan so I feel like that was sort of an uh, it's the word homage or an homage or whatever homage or yeah okay towards you know his personal. Oh, yeah, for yes. sure. So I mean, because guys like him who are from Boston and are, like, known, like Ben Affleck, yeah. they always kind of have to – they're never going to be believable as, like, a Yankee fan, <laughs> right, you know? So they're like, oh, we already know he's Boston. Yeah. It's like it, – it's sort of similar to the guy or the kid who played Harry Potter. Any other movie oh, he's yeah, in Daniel now, Radcliffe. David Radcliffe. It's like every time you see him, you just always think. You know, I want to say, though, he's in this one movie. Mm-hmm. I think you saw it, too, where he, uh, he's, he's like a cop who infiltrates the KKK as like a oh deep cover kind I of thing. I did see and it, that. I and he's like, I totally forgot about Harry Potter when I was watching that. Oh, yeah, true. Okay. I don't remember Good the point. name of it, so apologies for that. No. So back to King of Staten Island, we were talking about your expectations for me, I didn't laugh as much as I thought I would. No. The first time. Right, and I kind of didn't care. Oh, okay. I did. Okay. It. I guess I just had this preconceived notion that Pete Davidson was really funny. Okay. I didn't really know his comedy, so... So okay, there's yeah, all that, right? True. I didn't, okay, yeah. I didn't watch any of his stand-up. I've never seen him on SNL. Like this is the first time I've seen him. Right. So for me, and just assuming what comedians are, the ones that I like, they're a little different. And that's why I said the first time I didn't think I, I laughed that much. The second time though, knowing what I was expecting, mm-hmm. I laughed a lot more. I picked up on a lot more of the jokes. Yeah. He has a dark humor, for sure. Yeah, yeah. I mean, in the description, it talks about uh, his firefighter uh, dad who passed away, and friends are making jokes to him about it, and yeah. he's laughing. And uh, he's, like, coming back with a harder joke about his dad being dead. 
Yeah, and he definitely this that I mean that's the main struggle of the entire movie for for Pete is kind of coming to grips with that situation, but uh, you can tell he masks it with humor, oh yeah, stupid decisions, and that in itself made me like the movie because I think it made it relatable to him. And I, what do you think about that? So. I really like just the opening scene. That Kid Cudi song's playing. I kind of already know I'm in good hands. I'm like, okay, this song makes sense for this movie, mm-hmm. for this character, based on what I've seen in the trailer. Mm-hmm. And kind of knowing what you know about Pete Davidson going in. And he get he closes his eyes, right? Mm-hmm. And he's yep. just driving, and then he opens them, and then he... Swerves out of the way, hits another car, and then is just like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And that show tells you so much about his character already. Yeah. I, and I, I was like, holy crap. So I'm like, I'm in. I was just like, this guy's reckless. Well, to me, it's like he wants to feel something. That's why he's closing his eyes. Yeah. But then he doesn't really want to hurt himself. So he swerves out of the way. He hits those people. He wants to stop and help them, but he doesn't have it in him to do that. And then he's just Oof. like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, because he doesn't want to hurt anybody. I think that just says everything about the character then right why there. why do it? <laughs> if you don't want to hurt anyone, then why do it? It's just, I mean, there's that battle that he's he's dealing with. I think that's what he struggles with. Yeah. yeah I think everyone has sort of an internal battle of the, the right or wrong in themselves and that devil-angel scenario on each shoulder. Um, so watching it the second time for me was a lot more relatable as well because across the street, my neighbor, she grew up, uh, on Staten Island Okay, and she said that the movie was spot on with how the boys act and how the girls act living in mom's basement, uh, the mom putting the kind of the son, on a pedestal, but like babying him still, yeah, uh, coddling him. It's like way closer of a mom and son probably yeah, should be. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And she's just like it was spot on. So just knowing that it was a little bit closer to how it is actually there in that area. Oh yeah, I like this even more. Sort of similar to watching. The Ben Affleck, uh, Matt Damon movie. Dude, are you serious? Goodwill Hunting. Goodwill Hunting. Yeah. I I wrote that in my notes. Yeah. Is this a Goodwill Hunting? Yeah. I thought that on the last rewatch. Yeah, hundred percent. That's it's, so funny. It's perfect. I was it's, just about to ask you that. <clears throat> yeah, that's exactly what I was like thinking of um, while watching the movie. Just, just like watching someone, an actor in their own environment of where they grow up you you're getting a documentary of their life yes but you're not yeah it can be funny and it can be over the top and incredibly dark and (laughs) vulgar and all this crap because it's a movie but it's actually this guy's really dealing with this now the more that i'm talking about like whoa that's pretty incredible that they could infiltrate a movie that way with this guy's personal issues yeah absolutely and i mean you kind of come to expect it now with judd apatow he's the director for this one yes i didn't mention that 
So he did like Forty Year Old Virgin and and <laughs> Great. Knocked Up and all that. I mean, those aren't like autobiographical, really, but yeah, train they do wreck. kind of draw on his own mm-hmm. life. Mm-hmm. But Trainwreck, yeah, like you said, is uh, Amy Schumer, and that kind of peeks into her like, yep. not necessarily not necessarily her life, but like her kind of mindset, maybe. Yeah. And like how she views the world in in some yes. ways, her perspective of the world and. I think sometimes it gives these comedians an opportunity for the audience to see where they draw their humor from. Exactly. Exactly right. I, I, I love that. Me too. I love that. And it, it reminds me of maybe, like, I don't I'm trying to think, like Eddie Murphy when he did some of his stand up jokes. Just as stand, just as stand up, not even just as acting, but like his. Yeah. Like his ice cream joke, you just see is well. You should look it up okay. because it tells you his whole childhood right there. Okay, all right, I'll check it out. Kevin Hart does a good job with yeah, I think good so too. stories with that. But uh, who was your favorite character in in uh, Staten Island? I think it was Pete. It I'm was. just so interested in. Uh, okay, are you more is that interested? Even his in, are name? you? Hold, his name's Scott in the movie. Hold right? on, hold on. Yeah, it is Scott. Pete Davidson's name is Scott in the movie. Have you officially uh, you got a man crush on Pete now? No, I just like to see like guys who come up so early. I like to. <laughs> doesn't yeah. sound good at all. <laughs> no, it doesn't. I have a man crush. <laughs> I like to see men come up early. <laughs> no, I'm just messing with. And you. Bill Burr is also with the movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, great, great segue there. Perfect. <laughs> Another man crush. Yeah, they, yeah, it's all your man crush. So let's talk about a crush I have in this movie. My favorite character, and no, it's not Scott Pete Davison's mom in it. She is hot, but <laughs> it's uh, Pete's uh, friend Igor. Is he the the he's like the sh- little guy? Yeah, he's a short one. I'm trying to find his yeah. his name for you guys. Uh, Moses Arius. Is his name? Act, yeah, but either way, that's my guy. Reason why he has a sound mind, and he lets his friend tattoo him. Yes, he's for, a very good friend. He's a good friend, and <clears throat> the scene where Pete uh, makes the terrible decision that he does. The only sounded sound minded person there was Igor, but he's. He can't ever speak five up. foot one. Uh, yeah, he can't ever do anything about it. <laughs> and he has, he has a a cat tattoo on his <laughs> belly button. The belly button is the anus of the cat. Which <laughs> is perfect. It's a horrible tattoo. It, the, but also hilarious. <laughs> yeah, I mean, when you look at Pete Davidson's tattoos in real life and. You're like, oh, okay. This is where this guy is drawing. Oh yeah, some of not drawing because drawing and tattoo people get mixed up. So where he's getting inspired, for, maybe for some of his tattoos, or he was taking what his tattoos sure. were and, and inspired to what the movie is. There's a lot of ten dollar words in my explanation <laughs> of tattoos and how it translated to the movie. We <laughs> talked about. Bill Burr, briefly, you brought him up. He was amazing in this. Very funny. What, yes. are, what are your thoughts on him? Yeah, so Bill Burr, uh, this is like his first kind of, it's almost like a lead role. I mean, he comes in like 30 minutes in. Yeah. 
Uh, but he starts dating Pete's mom. Well, I mm-hmm. guess we should call him Scott. Scott Scott's is mom. Pete's character's name. Yep. Uh, and he's kind of like this father figure replacement. He's also a firefighter. Yeah. So that doesn't rub Scott the right way. He And they are kind of just clashing from the get-go. They're clashing and Scott has never had to from what it seems like deal with another male presence yeah it sounds like his mom just was like i'm literally not dating anybody Th- yeah that's that's the the feeling you kind of get from the family so it, it's interesting that pete uh has to come to grips with this but not only the fact that it's a male in the house again but it's a firefighter right it's which firefighter. totally rubs him the wrong yeah, way yeah he doesn't doesn't work and then you know bill is bill in this movie he's kind of uh off the he is like a helicopter parent and like yeah he's just kind of look both ways erratic look both ways (laughs) he screams look both ways (laughs) i mean if you're familiar with uh bill burr's stand-up at all he you could tell he's kind of drawing off of his stand-up act there you go. Yeah. But uh, there's definitely Spot a little him mixed in there. For sure. I would agree but with he, that. He, he, I think he ratcheted it up a little bit for the movie. Yeah. He looks good, bald, kind of bald with the uh, the goatee, the fire fireman look. That mes- that mustache? Yeah. Yeah, there you go. The no, I thought the mustache was so weird. Oh, no, but it, it kind of right. helped me not think it was Bill Burr. Yeah. So that's, ha- I guess that was a Is he a volunteer firefighter at all? Like, does he help? In real life? Yeah, in real I life. I don't believe so. No? Okay. I think he did a good job, kind of being a, yeah, a firefighter. Sure. He gives off if you know firefighters, which I do, they give off a persona, which is not a bad way. I'm not saying this in any negative, but they just have a they carry themselves away with in a way that is just more like kind of polished and um, right. discipline, and I don't know to a certain to to degree. I think. Yeah, I think that's a. Good point. So going back to Goodwill hunting thought. Oh, yeah. So when Scott's sister, so Scott's sister just graduated from high school. She's going to college, and they come to yeah. visit her. Okay. Her family comes to visit her. Yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah. Scott goes and parties with his sister that night. Yep. And after the party, she's like, he was saying, wow, that was way cooler than I thought. And she was like, you know, you could come here. And... They're just walking down this courtyard yep. as they're talking about this. And he yep. comes up with all these excuses as to why not and blah, blah, blah. And like, yeah. and she's like, in 40 seconds, you just dis- like explained away why you couldn't, wouldn't come to college. And he's like, he's like, yeah, but now I already know. So whatever. Like he just kind of brushes it off. So like anything that would take like him trying, it's like he can't. He he just sees every pitfall, and that's so similar yeah. to Matt Damon's character in Goodwill Hunting, because like oh. when he's job searching and he comes up with the most crazy scenarios as to why he wouldn't do this job. Wow! Just so he can work in the mill with like his buddies. Yeah, his bro. So he he could stay on their level working in in their environment. Yeah, exactly. Because wow. okay. he's like, well, why do I owe it to myself to yeah. go? I mean, yeah, yeah. Uh, Will's predicament in his scenario in that movie is like he's a genius so he should use that where yes that's not necessarily the case for pete but he does have this talent that he could take off if he actually put himself into it yes 
both characters talking about Goodwill Hunting and Scott from uh, King of Staten Island both have a problem with self pity or like a kind of like a self image problem. Yeah. And they feel like they don't deserve what's better because of either they're gifted or they've been cursed with Scott's problem is he's been cursed with the death of his firefighter dad since the age of seven. So I thought it was more like goodwill hunting on the sense of, seeing an actor in in their own en- environment um acting like cuz Matt Damon and uh crap uh Ben Affleck Ben Affleck are, aren't they from like Boston area yeah. so and they they film So yeah they're like, like in their hometown they're like, yeah. yeah they're more a little more comfortable it's like Seth Rogen Yeah it's a good point in a dispensary <laughs> their environment right. essentially but as far as my favorite scene, do you have one that that comes to mind for you? Do we want to yeah, get so into scenes? Let's get into spoilers because I think yeah. that has to do with my scene. But okay. uh, uh, the bar scene after oh, after they take Scott uh, with them to the baseball. To game. Uh, no, they went to. You're right. They went to the the fire. The fire. Yep. They told him to come with. Yep. Yep. Put the fire out, and then they're at the bar that night. Yep. yep. Uh, just that whole round table, and they're talking. Uh, they're telling stories about Pete's dad, about mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. like bad stories, like doing cocaine and stuff like that. And I thought that what Pete said in that scene made a lot of sense yeah. to his decision making as yeah. well. Because Bill Burr's character tries to like, hey, hey you know. I will PG PG story like don't tell like cocaine come on and then yeah and, but but Scott is like no I need to hear these because I've had to live up to this perfect image my whole life because my mom's only told me good stories he's like you know you don't have any idea how much pressure is on me and I'm like holy shit well that makes a lot of sense for like every decision he makes but then also the stories are awesome like I could have stayed at that table for like another 10 minutes yeah but when it's so if you were like uh bill burr's shoes i don't know if i want those stories told about me at a a round table to my son at some point we all have our parents have like a teflon film on them to a certain point in our life and then we know like they're not perfect and we have to accept them but it, it also, I think, when we hear stories like that, it adds a, a splash of humanity to yeah, who we used to hold at such a high standard. And for Pete, he needed to have that, that splash of humanity. He right. needed that. Because at this point, his dad was was a, a god. His dad oh, yeah. was a, a, a perfect person. I mean, everywhere uh, Scott went, you know, thank you for your sacrifice or something like that. He would get told by several people. It would, yeah, just annoy him. Yeah, and it would piss him off, and he he didn't understand the appreciation behind it because he felt like he was worthless and was not living up to what some leg like his legacy of his father. So, hearing that, you know, those yeah. roundtable stories added humanity and gave the, the flaws back to a dad. To, to yeah. you know to. To uh, Scott, I think that's a really good point. So, um, anything else you? Well, what was your favorite thought? scene? I really liked the scene with 
I think his his girl. Yeah. Thought about that. His like his in their girlfriend. Yeah, yeah, they're like kind of. They occasionally hook up. They are what? Yeah. She so, wants more, but he. Uh, Scott's needing a place to stay, and he goes and hooks up with her. Yeah. And then it's like, hey, I'm, can I stay tonight, or can I stay a couple of days? And it's like, can I stay a couple months? On the same conversation and she's like what what do you mean you're just using me for this like you don't even want to date me and he just went through all these excuses but there's that scene and then there's another scene where they're having breakfast and the uh scott and his girlfriend or friend are having breakfast and you think they're having such a good time and she asks about life events and do oh, you yeah. want to come to life events with me? Because he mentioned uh, his sister's graduation. Yes. And yes. she was like, well, why didn't you invite me to this? Yes. And and he's like literally does not know he doesn't understand. what she's even talking about. Like, well, I didn't even know. I've been Pete or Scott before in that almost that exact same conversation with a, okay. a girl I previously dated. And... She either said or texted that, you know, hey, do you want to come to Christmas with my family? They're coming down from wherever. Yeah. Sure. Or no, I was like, I probably said sure at first, but didn't think about it. When it came down to like the day to do it, I didn't, I didn't go. I didn't see the need. I didn't really like care. Okay. So I didn't see the value in the relationship or her. So it didn't, it didn't matter to me. And after that, I think it was the next day, uh, I got the text, like, you know, <clears throat> we need to talk. And it came to the point of life events. Why mm-hmm. Why don't you want to come to life events with me? Or do you see yourself wanting to come to life events with me? And at the time, I didn't understand the question. Yeah. If you wanted me to go to Christmas with you, I sh- like, just tell me. I would have came to Christmas with you. You right. just, like, asked me. Do I want to come? But either way. What I'm saying is, like, those scenes were my favorite because I think I personally have, like, put myself in those, like, shoes before of being kind of the, sh- the shithead guy. Right. Um, and did you, I mean, did but that opened your eyes to it, or? Oh, yeah, definitely. And, I mean, I, I wasn't ready for life uh, situations or parties or events or whatever. Like, I just, I knew it wasn't. And Different times the person, of your life. Yeah, the person that I was with was like okay well um <laughs> i'm peacing out i'm done yeah basically and we were living together when that happened yes didn't you? yep uh-huh and my stuff got home dropped and seeing off. you <laughs> stuff got dropped off at with a garbage bag <laughs> she broke up with me oh man so <laughs> yeah sorry to laugh at yourself uh, it's okay. it wasn't no funny then i didn't laugh yeah it's all right it all worked out yeah it did i have a beautiful wife now brownie points baby so is there anything else on the movie? Uh, not really for for me. I love the music. You mentioned the Kid Cudi thing. I was going to say, thing. so I liked it began yeah. the movie with Kid Cudi yeah. and then it ends with Kid yeah, Cudi playing sure. over. And I just kind of love that ending. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, it's just optimistic and he's kind of like trying to get, I don't know, his shit together. Yeah. And he realizes like, okay, I can... I could be a grown up now. It's okay. Yeah. I can do and, this. And uh, and then it just ends on an optimistic note. I really could have just kept hanging out. 
It's a two and a half it. hour movie, but it doesn't feel like it. it and doesn't. I kind of just want to keep watching. Yeah. Maybe Evidently, a, there maybe, was a three and a half hour cut. Maybe you'll get a Staten, or King of Staten Island 2. Did you just hear what I said? Yes. It's a, a three, three and, a and a half hour, hour cut. cut. Yeah. I would, I would love to see that, I think. You would watch anything that's a director's cut. You'd be like, all right, let me do that. I don't know. Sometimes the long <laughs> movies... Uh, <laughs> Especially You're a little daunting. Man, especially your new man crush. Oh, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there is one more scene that I kind of really liked. Okay. Uh, it was one of the scenes, I think it is after the bar scene. Okay. And there, he's kind of laying there, Scott is, and he's talking to Bill Burr's character. And he and Bill Burr was like, hey, I saw one of your drawings and it was really good. And he was like giving it, and uh, he's like, and Pete goes, you feel good for me, then I love you. And and it seems mm. really kind of genuine, and you're like, holy crap, this guy just really wants somebody there for him. Interesting. I thought that was like, oh, wow, this that is kind of powerful. doesn't stand out for me. Because Bill was like, uh, he's like, he's like, what? Well, what if I die tomorrow? Yeah. And he's like, well, I would have been the guy saying I should have told him how much I loved him. <laughs> oh, <laughs> so yeah, was, yeah, yeah. That was okay, a good one. Okay, okay, okay. I remember that. Anyway, that was uh, I really liked it. I think I'll, I'll definitely rewatch again. Uh, I would think on the regular. Yeah, I might give it another, like, watch in a couple of years or something. Yeah, this is a good movie to just throw on too. Cool. But a movie I think I could watch, and I have rewatched already three times. Three times. Three times. I've seen this movie three times. How long is this movie? That's like two and a half, two and a half hours. hours each. Yeah, so I've seen it three times already. First time I watched it, just to watch it. Tell us what it is. No. Okay. First time <laughs> I watched it, just to watch it. The second time I watched it to maybe pick up on things I didn't see the first time. Yeah. I liked it so much the second time. I wanted to watch it the third time just to like really enjoy the movie okay now i know what i'm looking for i got some lines memorized maybe you know scenes coming up after the third time it was awesome so the name of this movie we've already given you three of them at the beginning we went over one here's the suspense the five bloods it's awesome. So, real quick, we'll run it down. IMDb gives The Five Bloods a 6.6. What? Yep. No way. Okay. Mm-hmm. And Continue. then, let's see, Rotten Tomato gives it a 92%, and the audience score is 53%. That's pretty... Whoa, it's, really? It's a pretty big, yeah. Wow. Okay. Okay, then. Um, Came out June 12th, same... Same day as on Netflix. King of Satin Island. Yes, oh, on Netflix. So, a little description. Four African-American vets battle the forces of a man in nature when they return to Vietnam, seeking the remains of their fallen squad leader and the gold fortune he helped them hide. Director, Spike Lee. Another Spike Lee. Is this the second or third Spike Lee one we've done? Mm. We did Black Klansman. Anyway. Three. All right. Stars. Delroy Lindo, Jonathan Majors, Clark Peters, 
and our guy Chadwick Bozeman. Bozeman. So, what are your initial thoughts of this movie? I saw it three times. I could give you. So I think overall you liked it a lot more than me. Yeah, I really Um, love this movie. So I tried to watch it originally, and uh, I just couldn't get into the first 30 minutes. I don't know why. Hmm. Um, it's a little slow, but then I feel like the movie picks up when... Uh, so Delroy Lindo's character, Paul. Paul, yeah. So what do we say? Four Vietnam vets go back to Vietnam to yep. basically get this gold that they have stashed somewhere and also get their buddy Storm and Norman back. Storm and Norman, who is played by Chadwick. Yeah. So, I think once Delroy Lindo's character, Paul, his son comes into the picture. Okay, David. David. Yes. That first scene at the breakfast. So, he comes in and there's uh, they're at the breakfast. <laughs> yes, yeah. And I love the way it's shot because it's, it's David and he's just sitting down. Yeah. And then the camera kind of points up from his perspective and all the... All the guys, all four of them are just sunning him. And they're all standing up. And, and from their point of view, Talking he's like way shit lower. to him. Oh, yeah. They're and so he, mad at him because he kind of, uh, they didn't know he was coming. Did you notice that even, so the camera uh, angle made you feel the perspective right, of exactly. sunning? But also the way he was dressed. He had uh, like a like a baseball cap on. Oh, yeah. He had this Warhouse hat, yes, hat on. Yes, yes. He looked they made him almost look like a, a kid. Oh, no, that's like a, a good ba- point. Like a baseball cap type. It, it no, just, just exactly looked right. like a kid. <laughs> and they were just sunning him. All of them were just ripping into him. And his dad has like some of the harshest. Yeah. Ooh. you And you find out later. And none the of movie. them are, and none of the guys really flinch at what he's saying. Mm-hmm. Well, they know who Paul is. They do. They know he's, he's not he's all tough. there too. So... Let's uh real quick. Did you notice? It's probably the first or second scene. Did you notice that Paul was wearing a Punisher shirt that was very, very, very close, if not the exact same thing that James Harden was wearing for a face mask that people thought was for uh, supportive, like Blue Lives Matter. Oh, so I don't think I, I noticed the Punisher shirt, oh, but yeah. I didn't, I didn't. I didn't even know that that was a symbol for that. I didn't either. When but that's you, when interesting because it, it is Spike Lee. I mean, I think there's a there's did you something look into there. It? Well, yeah. So the Punisher doesn't like the police because they I they thought. never the 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 police they don't enforce real law or real justice. They right because the killers of his family were exactly. never locked up because yeah, whatever. Exactly. So it's almost. Uh, wouldn't even know how to like what word I would want to use in that. It's ironic. It doesn't make any sense why they would use that as a symbol. But Paul's crazy enough to probably if let's just go on a crazy spectrum for him as a character. You start realizing like he is he's sort of off as rocker. Maybe he's crazy enough to rock a a a shirt that supports the police. I mean, he does wear his MAGA cap. Well, exactly. But he he says why he wears it, and that's f- for his reason. But yeah, and that's yeah. But his friends just... don't agree, and his son doesn't agree either. But I mean, that's 
it is what it is. It's, but the, it's interesting characters, but really good performance. But Paul Paul's message he's fighting the in, entire time is is the exact perspective that he is giving to the people while in in Vietnam. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, my I guess favorite part about this movie is I feel like I'm going back in time with them okay while they're in present day and it's not just because they're flashbacking on certain scenes I just feel like the way these characters have a relationship and the way they talk about what happened and they reminisce on the like bondage or the camaraderie that they had you yeah. feel like you're living in the past with them as they're currently like doing all of this because you you feel their their pain you see their struggle for being back in that environment when they didn't feel like they should have been there initially to begin yeah. with to fight the vietnam war and so you learn a lot through this movie by that like simple fact of they just uh, seem like real people they seem lived in yeah you can understand place every mindset of each person in the group i would agree with that who did you hate who did you like dislike anyone more than paul but that that's why i think the performance was so good but i just didn't like because getting into spoilers a little bit he kind of goes out of his his head with uh when he pulls the gun on the people and he takes yeah. them hostage yes i'm like oh i hate this guy what is his deal like i i mean i don't i hate his actions i don't i understand his mindset he yeah. just was so yeah. interesting to me yeah but at the same time i'm like oh he's kind of a danger so that's why i, I if i had to hate anybody it would probably be i guess him i don't really hate the character what did you think about the Asian kid with no leg throwing the firecrackers at him. Did he do it because they didn't want to give him a tip? Is do you that remember why? That? I don't even remember that part. So they're at, it's when they first get to Vietnam and their first night at the bar and they meet, I think his name's Yen. Okay. They're, uh, they're tour, yes. uh, tourist or tour guide. Uh, tour guide. Yeah. And, Anyways, the uh, kid with no leg comes up and is basically wanting change. And I think he's in Paul's face. Yes. Paul's like, get out of here. Like, I don't want nothing to do with this. I don't want anything. Anyways, the kid goes away after maybe 30 seconds of banter between the both of them and just get the hell out of here, basically. <clears throat> that scene lasts for another 15 minutes when they're in that bar. And as they walk out of the bar... That same kid's there, and he throws a bunch of firecrackers at him, and they all okay. hit the ground. I do remember and cover that. their ears and face, and then it cuts, and is immediately the next morning with David arriving. Yes, I totally forgot about. That I would have beat the shit out of that kid. Well, he didn't. He get on the back of a moped and just drive off or something like that, or I did he? Uh... Probably he can't walk away. I mean, if he limped away, <laughs> <laughs> little shithead kid. That was that right in itself right there made me realize like I don't know if I know what PTSD will ever like what would that ever feel like? I don't know if I'll ever hit the ground because of firecrackers. 
Yeah, that's uh, scary. So believable when they when they got into that. So did you have a hated character? Because you asked me if I had one, but did who did you? David. <laughs> His son? Why the hell did he show up? He was my favorite character. I know, but I hated him. <laughs> He's the one who fucked up the whole thing, in my opinion. I guess he was worried about his dad. He knew about the gold. That's was he worried true. about his dad? I think so. I don't know. I don't think you can fake. Okay, now that we're talking about it, I would like to say for anyone who's watching, let's see if you think David shows up initially for the gold. But I think as the movie transitions further and further, David realizes he needs to be there more for his... Oh, yeah, I would agree with that. Okay, yes. well, I didn't know that. I just thought about that in my head now. It takes me a little bit to in catch up with movies. your... Hey, takes me some time to cut up, catch up with <laughs> your movie genius-ness. Okay? Is this Spike Lee's best film? No. Top three? No, but that says something for his movies. Okay, all right. But it's, I would think it's top ten for sure. I, mean, I watched it three times. I'm not saying that anyone should go by what I say. I just really enjoyed it. It reminded me sort of what Tropic Thunder could have <laughs> been if Tropic Thunder were like an actual If it movie. was the movie that they set out to make in the movie. Yeah, like, and, in, and in Paul, Paul reminds me of Osiris. Just outrageous, overzealous yep. black guy. Like, what the hell? Who's lost his mind, basically? Anyways, that's that was what I was thinking a little bit when I watched it the like third good round. I was like, man, this sort of reminds me of uh, the the Tropic Thunder uh, <laughs> premise. I, I mean, I guess yeah, the the actual premise of that. Um, what did you think of the flashback scenes? Because it seemed like they didn't really de-age the, the characters that we see in present day. Oh, yeah. I but I kind of liked it. it. I, I, I liked that a lot Didn't better. really care. Because I'm like, yeah, this is kind of cool how it's just showing their memories and maybe how they think. Yeah, yeah. It looks in their head right now because that's, you know, they see the image that they see I right like now. that. Yeah, it kept me there. Now that I'm like rethinking it in, in, in my head, like, yeah. It, it, I think it kept you present with with them as they were reminiscing on yeah. the story. I liked how it also looked cheesier. The, the filming, the props, the yeah. acting. It was all like a, a little bit more enhanced. Like if they shot a gun, like, ah, do, 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 do. They yeah. didn't really do that in the movie movie, only in the... The cutscenes back in, in their memories, they would. It was just a little bit different than how the rest of the movie was filmed, purposefully. Yeah, obviously. I think so. I thought it was a it was a pretty cool trick that they did. Mm -hmm. I don't know trick, but style. One of my favorite scenes are when the uh, lady smoking the cigarette is giving the shout out. Oh, when the, they cut to the her. Tie. Yeah, I like that. I like her voice. Yeah, that was interesting because that's when they kind of. Uh, when Spike is kind of putting in like real life things that happened. And we kind of talked about this with Black Klansman, how the ending, the third ending of Black Klansman had yeah. all the footage from Charlottesville. Yeah. 
So he kind of does the same throughout the movie in mm-hmm. The Five Bloods, but mm-hmm. I think I kind of liked it more. It was more effective to, to me, and I didn't mind it as much in this mm-hmm. one as I did in Black Klansman. And I think maybe it's just because, to me, in Black Klansman, it wasn't part of the story. It related to it, but it wasn't like part of it, where mm-hmm. this was what was going on. In this, So it was like important. Yeah in this actual story to me. You were pissed at Spike because he, he manufactured an emotion out of you with yes. with those endings. Where scenes. this one it, I think it was it organically done. Yeah. Yes. I would agree with that. I actually didn't didn't know that I guess there were more blacks fighting in that war. I never knew that either. Didn't know that. A uh, guy I went to church with actually was diagnosed with a disease because he he fought in the Vietnam War and he was sprayed with that Agent Orange stuff. Oh, really? Yeah, and he I mean he died I think several years ago. But yeah. I remember when we were in church, he was diagnosed with it. And his his uh, health declined pretty pretty quickly. But I had no idea as far as like the news um, clippings that they're showing or the papers. Just didn't know all that was happening in history. It made me a, a little uh, shitty on myself because I like, man, I should know more about this stuff. Yeah, but I don't think we were kind of taught the perspective of the Vietnamese. So it, mm. it is kind of eye-opening to, I think, a lot of people because mm-hmm. there was a lot of things where I was like, it's not a good look, but right? I don't know. I mean, take it for what you will. I mean, these are facts, so you kind of have to take the information for what it is. And uh, yeah. It's just there's two sides to every story. So. How the fuck did they think they were going to get out of the the woods like that with all that gold? And they're that old. I think they're delusional. Because they're like, we already did this once. We can do it again. Oh, man. I just I kept thinking in my head they're they're going to have... A GPS drop spot, they're going to get their satellite, a helicopter, and just ratchet the helicopter to the gold. You mean triple frontier? <laughs> Basically, <laughs> right? So we just ratchet it in and let's let's get out of here. Um, that is not at all what happened. They went into the woods and they decided that they were going to put it all in backpacks. And they were going to walk back out of the woods. So, can I... Yeah, I mean... Fuck that. Did you even think that they were going to do it that way? I mean, obviously you didn't think they were going to do it that way. Because leading up to them getting like in the jungle, I think it's like one of the coolest 20-minute stretches of movie (laughs) that I've seen in a long time. Okay. Uh, Because it starts with that breakfast scene we talked earlier. Yep, yep. When yep. when uh when David comes in. Their son and David. <laughs> yeah. So yep. then they get on this like riverboat. Oh yeah. And this then is good. it's so cool cuz it has Flight of the Bumblebee playing in the background mm-hmm. or like as the score. So you know the Yeah, yeah. And then there's this really cool scene where there's like this I guess it would be a power line that goes over the river and mm-hmm. someone has thrown like Jordans mm-hmm, mm-hmm. over them. So they're hanging by the shoelaces and David's trying to get it with this net. Yeah. But then it keeps just going out of his reach so slowly because the the boat's not going that fast, but it's just slowly <laughs> yeah. going away yeah. from him. Yeah. You can't yeah. get it. Can't get it. I thought that was awesome. 
Did you even? Did you know what kind of Jordans those were? I didn't know what Jordans though those were, but I when, looked them up. What are they? They're the 13s. Oh, and nice. they're like gold and black. They looked awesome. Hell yeah. He's probably trying to get them so he could resell them on eBay. No, I, was, I was wondering if it was a metaphor. Yeah. Well, it could be. Reach, oh, reaching Cause, cause for the, the Jordans? Yeah, because they, they're gold. They're gold uh, color. I mean, maybe it's on the nose, but I kind of just liked it. Wow. I was, I was into it. You went deep with that one. I didn't even think about that. I was thinking more along the lines of when his shoes are over a, a power line, it typically means you're going into like a, a drug dealer's like area. So I assumed oh. something bad was going to happen to him. Oh, when they went into that, so world. it's probably that too. Then it could be. That's yeah. a really this good is, point. This is yeah. They throw you. In it's the, Spike Lee, so you have to, to think be. about it. Like yeah, this. you have to. Hundred percent. I didn't even think he about wants it. you to look at shit like that. Well, because you you would assume that some of the issues that people have talked about is that Jordans are too expensive and it's created a bad culture for everyone involved. So it's like, is David reaching for the Jordans? Like society has placed upon you know blacks and how they have this wildly obsession with like Jordans. And I'm not saying that myself personally. I'm saying that's what society has right. just yeah. pushed. So, like, is Spike Lee making a play off of off of that that David can't? can't I, it's even... it's in there on purpose for sure. I think so too. I'd love to see if we could find something about it, and I'm, I'm sure we could Google search it. But I mean, I would love for Spike to do a Q and A because I be, I bet he would tell all. I mean, so keep going down that that scene for people because after that they go to I think it's a market. Yeah, so they're kind of, they're still on the boat. Yeah. But it's kind of going through, like, I guess it might be a canal or something. Where there's a bunch of houses stacked on stilts. Right, and And then there's, like, vendors, but they're, like, in, like, one-man canoes and Mm -hmm. stuff like Mm -hmm. that. And they're trying to sell, and Paul isn't having it at all. He's having his PTSD flaring up big time because he's just trying to sit. And relax. Be quiet. Not look at anybody. He just wants to get out of there. You can tell. He how is so uncomfortable. Is. Yeah, yeah. And the camera work in here too. It you feel like you're the sixth person on the trip. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> it's so crazy because it's it's very tense for me, at least on the first watch, because I'm like, what is going to happen here? Because mm-hmm. a vendor, because they kind of get in your face. Most of them will go away when you tell no, but this one guy is just persistent on Paul with a chicken, right. a live chicken, right. Again, I think that's another play with Spike Lee on. You think the vendors thinking, "Oh, black guys like yes. chicken. You want chicken. yes, yes." I think that's a Spike Lee thing. And if not, then we're wrong for thinking. But I'm going back to what you. If it's Spike Lee, you have I think to think you have about to, these things. You have to trust that Spike has thought of every single thing in the movie. Yeah, Paul really has a breakdown at that point. Yeah, he kind of loses his shit. Yeah, and I kind of really like when they get him under control all mm-hmm. all of his guys mm-hmm. and they talk it out yep and they're they kind of come to a agree to disagree yeah but like let's just be together and that scene was really cool and he kind of like extends an olive branch to his son to kind of like be in this with us because Put your you fist can tell in. their relationship in. is horrible it's terrible, and you find out why later in the movie why yeah. it's so bad. But yeah, he makes his son David. They all do their fist in as 
kind of a one, two, three, break the huddle type situation. And everyone needed to put their fist in. And his Paul made David put his, his fist in. And he also made the, the tour guide put his fist in. You know, oh, say, that's hey, right. If yeah. we're all going to be in this, we're all about to be in this together. You just saw me have a mental breakdown. Like this is – but what I thought, I guess now thinking about it, I wonder if Paul just thought that was going to be the worst of the worst. He was just like, that's it. That was the worst. Oh, yeah, Everybody get in. Yep. We're done. That was all that was, we were going to see really like negative today. Like, we're going to go in there and get our, our boy Storm and Norman back. We get a whole <laughs> bunch of gold. And then from there on out, I don't I don't really know if anything worked out the best for them because they start bickering with one another. Um, I would like to phrase it for from Biggie's words, mo money, mo problems. So they started oh, yeah. thinking about the money and these issues start arising of what, you know, who has money, who doesn't have money. What should they do with the money? Because Storm and Norman wanted them to do it for to black community. In, yeah, yeah, black community. And, you know, some of the other guys' mindset is like, what about my community? What about right. what basically about my, my house? house? Yeah. So I'm black and I got black kids and grandkids. Like, that'll be investing it back into the black community. Right. It's um, an interesting question because it's like, yeah. what would you do? You have all this gold right in front of you. It's real. Right. Mm hmm. What would you do? I mean, I understand the mindset of keeping it. It would be hard to let that go. Right. I would, but it's like, why do we value it that much? I mean, if we wanted to be real about it, uh, I'd I'd give a nice donation and write it off for my taxes the following year. <laughs> 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 Buy a bunch of expensive art and write those tax for taxes. <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, I guess what... Everyone has a plan with what they want to do with the money. And Storm and Norman is in the ear of all of them to a certain extent. So, it's again, it's that devil angel scenario, except take yeah. the angel away and you have Storm and Norman, who they just, when I say they, the four other guys. The four other bloods. Yeah, they looked up to him. I mean, he, they, I think they had so much hate and disgust in their heart for or why they were at war and why they were fighting a you know a war they didn't really believe in and Storm and Norman was preaching a lot of love and yeah. you know don't hate the situation will get better you have to stay positive that's how progression and and uh that's how you see like yeah you have to give back to your your community yeah. and help build it up yeah and yeah i mean they all kind of live by that, but then storming Norman gets mm. uh, he gets killed on uh, on one of their missions. Yeah, he gets shot. So, what uh, what was your favorite scene? The without, I mean, are we going into spoilers or no? Because I just want to say there's a scene with landmines, rope, yeah. and a story about a Morehouse hurdler that was in the Olympics. It was awesome. It was amazing. It's one of the best scenes I've ever seen. There's so much tension and then so much like, what the hell? This is, what is the story he's telling? Why is he saying it? And then. You, yeah, you have no idea. But then I'm you, like, is this going to work? Is it not? Oh Ugh, it was, you're on the edge of your seat. It's great. It's, it's awesome. <laughs> it's so good. I'm like, it's so, 
creative. I mean, it, yeah, it's just good. I don't even know if we should spoil it at all because I'm, I'm not going to. But I know yeah. what scene you're talking about. My my favorite scene is probably the last twenty minutes when, uh, I think Paul just comes to grips with his insanity, and he's just he's talking to himself as he's walking down this trail. That's some of the best nowhere. stuff too. The way the camera works, you look like you are walking backwards in the woods with Paul and he is having a very direct conversation with you. Oh yeah. About his mental stability. And he's screaming religious like scripture uh, verses and things and then he's kind of crying and sobbing because yeah. he's got the gold finally and he's not uh gonna get screwed and then he's angry because of everything that's happened to him in his life mm -hmm. and david's showing up just he goes through almost the seven uh issues of when you lose something what it is like, of like denial or what, yeah of like denial anger acceptance anger like That's it really looks like he went yeah. through that entire spill within 30 minutes yeah right there kind of near the end so for me that was my favorite scene because the camera work was just phenomenal of how it brought you right there with paul right yeah. in his face not to a point where you you felt overwhelmed by him but to a point where like you're you feel like you're having this mental breakdown with this guy yeah. I even started questioning, like, holy shit, like, am I, am, am I crazy? <laughs> How, I, do I want him to get out of this, or do I just want him to just die so he goes, you know, has I kind peace? of was just like, whatever happens, happens now. <sighs> you have to do that with that at that point, right? Just, yeah. <clears throat> you so, lost your brain. <laughs> is he your favorite character in the movie? Probably, yeah. Yeah. I him, think him it's or Otis. Otis? Yeah, he's the one with the po little ponytail. I'm glad you brought up Otis. Why? I think I'm going to start a new segment, and it's called Get John to Watch the Wire. Because <laughs> Otis is in the wire. Oh! <laughs> and guess who else is in the wire? Who? The other blood, Melvin. The bigger one? Yep. Shut up. I love him. He's cool. He's kind of a goofball. All right, so. Mm-hmm. Just more Looks push. like I need to do it. You're not <laughs> hyping it up, but I, I like that you're you're giving it some Just positive you know, energy. People you like are even better in the all wire. Right, all right, all right, all right. You're you're convincing me. You have any more thoughts on? Well, the I, well, I, would, I do want to hear what you said about Otis. What did you think about him? You just liked him? Yeah, I just I just liked his swag. He's I like his little ponytail. He's like that in the wire. He <laughs> really, jeez. All right, okay. And he's got old man game. Just okay, saying. see, that's what I liked about it. He had like a swag about him. I was like, I, I want, I want to maybe be this guy if I potentially could. And he was like, Hey, man, take the 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 bar scene where the old uh, Vietnamese Viet Cong uh, people. I guess they said I don't, I don't know what. I word think it's Viet Cong. Viet Cong. Sorry. Yeah. So Viet Congs were uh, bought the the four bloods a drink, and. Uh, Paul was a little pissed about it. I'm not taking it. They could have killed Storm and Norman. Yeah. And and Otis was like, "Come on, man! Like, just just take the damn drink." Yeah. Like, why are, Why are we even getting to this? He seems point? the most like level headed. Him and uh, Melvin seem like yeah. the most there. Yeah. They kind of accept that they have PTSD. Where Paul and you find out why Paul, but yeah, it's, he has it pretty rough. I mean, it's pretty 
out this there. This is a lot, more, a lot worse for sure. So yeah, do you um, have anything else about the Five Bloods? I mean, I think uh, we said a lot about it, but tried not to spoil too much. Again, with the music, I know we talked about all three of these. Let me just go ahead and say all three of these these movies movies the music and the score is phenomenal so you got a lot of marvin gay temptations well you can pretty much count on good music if it's spiked oh it's so good it was like perfectly timed with when it came in and how it was introduced and what song he used or for for each scene so outside of that that's kind of my thoughts on it i I will re-watch it again yeah i agree and delroy lindo who plays paul i think it's the best uh acting this year for sure i mean i know it's not oh, really? a lot of movies out okay. but i don't think you're gonna find a better performance than that guy oh wow okay i like that i mean no, do you I, agree with that i yeah, mean I'm have you, you seen anybody better in a movie that's come out this year we have like five to choose from Mm-mm. so far he's been he's been my like my favorite yeah i mean he's who i think about when i think about the movie so yeah for sure um, so what do we got next? We got Blind Spotting. Hmm. Man, one of the best movies I've seen in 20 years. Really? Wow. Hands down. One of the That's awesome. best movies I've seen in 20 years. Good. For sure. And for people who have seen the movie Crash, I would say that you were going to get the same feeling watching Blind Spotting. But you're you're getting a hip hop slash Oakland West Coast vibe with it. Um, so with Blind Spotting, it came out in 2018. Um, IMDb gives it a 7.4, and Rotten Tomatoes gives it a 94%. The audience is at an 86%. Yeah, I remember this got pretty good reviews. While on probation, a man begins to reevaluate the relationship with his volatile best friend. That's the description that gives us. And so that's the, basically what it what it is. Yeah, so let's talk about it. So he at the beginning of the movie, uh the main character David Diggs, his name's Colin. Yep. He was in prison for 2 months and he is now mm-hmm. about to serve a year probation. Yep. So then it fast forwards 362 days. So he has three days left on his one-year probation. Mm-hmm. And then he's a free man. If not, he's going he's back locked to up. prison. Yep. So he's been like a good citizen the whole time. Mm-hmm. Living at a halfway house. Right. Curfew at 11. He has a certain perimeter. He can he can he, only, oh, he be, can in only be in the county. Yep, he's a mover, Miles and or sorry, Colin and Miles. Miles is his best friend, who is uh, Raphael Castle. So it's it's a black and white movie. It's a racial, it's a racial driven movie, right? So you Wouldn't said you I want to ask you. You said it reminded you of Crash. Now I've yeah. never seen Crash, but okay. correct me if I'm wrong. Is it is Crash not multiple storylines kind of converging? Yes, but they're all based on uh, race, race, prejudice, sexism. Yeah. Because I've heard this described as like a modern day, not a modern day, but like an updated version of Do the Right Thing. I've never seen Do the Right Thing. Spike Lee. Okay. So I have recently. Oh, nice. But I, it's not exactly the same because Uh Blind Spotting follows 
Colin the whole time. Mm-hmm. Whereas Do the Right Thing is kind of following Spike Lee's character, but also just the neighborhood. Okay. But it does kind of delve into those same black white issues or just the issue of race. Yeah. And how it affects point of views from certain people. Mm-hmm. And you get that from from the very first scene because Colin is in the back seat of the drug oh dealer's car and Miles, who's white, wears a grill, um, talks with an Oakland slang, all that. I mean, he was born and raised there. Yeah, so they're in Oakland, California. Yeah. We should mention that. So Miles Miles pulls the gun out of the side of the drug dealer's uh car and is like waving it around. And Colin's like, Get me out now. Yeah, he's like, I would like to leave, please. Because he can't because he he's can't being be, yeah. he's being good. He's not trying to do anything. He can't be caught with that stuff. Because if if he does, any any slip up, any mistake, boom. But it turns into let's just get into spoilers. We're gonna spoil this movie. Yeah. That scene is so tense. They start pulling out a total of six guns. <laughs> Everywhere. And Colin's stuck in the back. He even has two. He pulls up two because the driver's like, they're get the two in the back too. And yeah. he's like, what the fuck are we doing here? Yeah. <laughs> he's in a two-door Cadillac on on rims with LED lights all the way around. I could appreciate the drive. humor more on the second rewatch because yeah. I knew the outcome. Yeah. First time, though, your, your butt cheeks are I'm like, are what the hell yep. is going to go here? Yep. I have I watched this with my wife Liz. Okay. The second rewatch. Okay. I told her you need to watch this movie, but she has problems with thrillers or anything that's intense or something oh, wow. bad could happen. So I was like, <laughs> I need you to watch this movie, but I will spoil the ending of scenes if they get too intense. Okay, deal. So we went into that car scene and I was like, Nothing will happen, I promise. So just watch it for what it is. And I had to do that throughout the movie. And it was she was still kind of on the edge of her seat. Wow. Was there a scene for her that... I warned her about the kid getting the gun before it even took place. Oh, that kid's name was Sean, too. I know. Oh, man. That... So I said, because I remembered it's when Miles gets the shirt from his son. Yeah, because it says And they're all checking it out in the bathroom. Mm -hmm. And kind of the way it's shot where it cuts the just, you see all three of the adults in the bathroom and you're like, "Uh uh-oh, what's going to happen with the kid? Because you see the camera kind of just stays on Miles when he comes out. Yeah. And you're like, fuck, what just happened? Did this kid already shoot himself or something? But he has the gun. Yep. That's intense, even knowing what's going to happen. What else did you have as far as... I don't know, first impressions, um, favorite character, favorite scene maybe. Yeah. Maybe besides that car scene, because it is intense throughout the whole movie. I think my probably my favorite character would have to be Colin. Yeah, same. You just identify with him, whether or not you've been on probation or you're a black guy or you're just a normal person, I think he brings you to the reality that he's trying to portray is that he doesn't want to become a statistic. You can tell statistic. he's genuine and yeah. his want to be a good citizen. Yeah. Or a good person. Yeah. So Collins my would be my favorite. He's he's so uh kind. I agree. He, he thinks he's frustratingly so, kind. Yeah. 
he doesn't take responsibility for things. So, he, so he you think that? I mean, yeah, like you need to speak up in certain situations. You have to. Why didn't he? No, fight? you're right. Like, I think he's more like I can't even be noticed. Let's talk about like at all because he he's on feels, probation. Well, he feels that. So there's the one scene where they're in the moving truck and the guy double yep. parked in front of him. Yep. And Miles is going nuts. Mm-hmm. He's yelling at the dude. He's reaching over and honking the horn in front of Colin. And Colin's like, what the hell? What am I supposed to do? Like, this guy's crazy. No one's going to stop him. So he's just going to do his thing. And then you learn later that the complaint comes in and some black guy was yelling at this uh, this guy on the street. And he's like, I wasn't even doing anything. It was Miles. Mm-hmm. And to me, it's frustrating throughout the movie because everyone blames him for what Miles does. Everybody. But why would why you... Why keep that company? Exactly. Why keep the company because and Because or... feels... It's like the... It's like Scott and King of Staten Island. That's his, that's his guy. He grew up with him. That's his friend. He's not just going to yeah, leave but... his best friend. Okay, so your best friend and you're in a moving truck. Colin just stayed on a phone, his cell phone, and talked. He didn't try to get Miles to stop beeping the horn. He didn't try to put his mouth over Miles' mouth, like his hand over Miles' mouth. Like, if it were my friend doing all that nonsense, I'd be like, you need to shut the fuck up. <laughs> True. Like, I'd, I would. But maybe that's not their dynamic. To, they need to figure that out because <laughs> cause, uh, Colin went to jail. Sure. So, did he did he really learn from well, his experience? I know, but like, do you? Maybe that's kind of the message of the movie. That why are we always blaming Colin? Oh, definitely not blaming Colin. I just want him to understand that he, you are the company you you keep. I agree. And that's what it was trying to like show us. But I did feel bad for his his friend Miles at the party when. The uh, he other, got called out. Yeah, the other two black. So they show up at this party at the right at the. They find the gun. Or sorry, they show up at this party after uh Miles's kid finds the gun. Miles's right. wife kicks him out. So nothing bad happens. Go. Yeah, nothing bad happens. Well, so. shouldn't be a spoiler if you listen this far. Yeah. So they show up to a party, and Miles is kind of off to the side in the kitchen, and Colin meets up with the other two black people who are at this party and it's full of just hipsters and you can tell the they're like three percent of the party yeah. is the, and gentrification the, yeah. has like hit the neighborhood and they're at the new cool house that's probably been flipped anyways miles is in the kitchen and he's just chilling and one of the black uh people from the party goes into the kitchen and talks to miles and miles sup bro or whatever they have a little quick altercation. Yeah. And the black guy just assumes that Miles is a hipster who moved here a few years ago and it wears a gold grill because he wants to be cool. Is that cultural appropriation? Is that what that is called or considered when you're trying to like be somebody else? I think that's what the term is. I don't know. But if Miles was born and raised in an area and that's well, right, just who he, doesn't he know. is. Yeah. yeah. It's just who he is. I don't think that's cultural. I think cultural appropriation would be Kim Kardashian. 
Well, I know. I'm saying from the perspective of the guy who told him that. The oh, other yeah, black guy at the party. Yeah, he was thinking that's yeah, what that was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he even says culture vulture. Him? Can you blame him, though? Oh, no. Because I'm like... You're surrounded by a bunch of that, fucking idiots at this party. But we think that as a viewer going into yeah. the movie, the first few scenes, you're like, what is the deal with this dude? Yeah. And then you're like, okay, that's just who he is. He's been there for Colin the entire time. Yeah, and he, that's why Colin doesn't... I think that's just the dynamic of their so relationship hard. where they don't. I agree. I just feel like if I were really good friends with someone and they were screaming like that in the moving truck, I'd be like, this idiot. And I would hope my friend that I'm best friends with would have enough respect for me and that's my life situation. To like, but can't make an excuse, but Miles just doesn't get it. He doesn't He know. doesn't get it because it doesn't, he doesn't like... Personally, he doesn't have to because he doesn't have to worry about he's getting white. that attention. Yes, exactly. Yeah. He's unassuming. Even his wife or fiance or baby mama even rolls her eyes at some of his comments sometimes yeah. when he talks about the police. Well, she's a and, black woman. We should yeah, sorry. Yes, yeah, so she he dates a black and he has a a kid with a black woman. So Sean is biracial, but yeah, it's either their way, kid. they're rolling their. He, she rolls her eyes. The wife does at at Miles. Uh, multiple times throughout the movie when he makes comments about uh, you know some for Black Lives Matter or the, sh- the shooting that had happened in one of the scenes or whatever. He makes good points and it doesn't feel like... It's coming from the right place. It does feel genuine. Yeah. Because he, he knows okay. what the news does. Yeah. To So we should say the beginning of the movie, Colin witnesses a policeman murder this, this, sus- this black suspect. Who's running away. Yeah. yeah. He shoots him like seven times in the back. Mm-hmm. And Colin's out past his curfew. He's it's like, like getting close. He's just stuck at this random light. And then yeah. they kind of just move him on. Mm-hmm. And he's just kind of, this is kind of haunting him through the rest of the movie. Yeah. Because he saw one, one of his own people, a statistic, basically. Right. Because the cop looks him directly in the eye mm-hmm. after the shooting. I mean, they lock eyes. They mm-hmm. know. He's never going to forget that face. But Colin's like, I can't, what am I? I'm a convicted felon. I'm out past my curfew. He's not even allowed to be stopped by police. Oh, my God. Like any altercation with police is, I think, what they said. How scary does that have to be? Right. If you're already, like, in a situation where they could pull you over no matter what, just because you look suspicious. Because you have drugs. Like, how do you have any... Yeah. Right. And even, okay, so mm. I don't want to be sexist, but was Val, his ex-girlfriend, good for him? Where's, or you could even say, was mm. was Miles good for him? Because probably no, definitely not. Who, Colin for his girlfriend, for Val? So Colin's ex-girlfriend, Val, who yeah. is like the manager at his job. Yeah. She never wants to listen to what he has to say mm-hmm. but is always trying to tell him what he needs to do but yeah. you could also argue maybe it's just because I'm a man but you could say that Miles kind of does the same thing to Colin yeah and even Miles wife or girlfriend she blames Colin for the gun why did you let Miles get a gun yeah it's always blaming Colin mm-hmm. it's like well I didn't do anything. He's an adult. He should make the decision. And plus, who's going to talk him out of it? 
Yeah. So yeah, I thought point. that was just so frustrating for but, him because he's Val, just trying to do the right thing and he's getting blamed for what other people do. But Val's also in sight class. So she's probably trying to break down Colin. Because that's some of their yes. closest scenes is when they're studying. Like That's a subject that they always bring up when they talk. But she fails studying. to ever see his perspective fully. Mm-hmm. And she kind of never does throughout the movie. Yeah. I mean, you Did got, you, her, her perspective of him was changed when he, he got in that bar fight. He was a bouncer. So you find out why Colin goes to jail. He... There's an altercation as him being a bouncer and Miles was there as basically the gas to the fire calls it all to happen um, yeah. to, a, to a certain extent. But um, Colin you know, beat the shit out of this guy. And as he's you know, pounding on this dude, his girl girlfriend Val, Val comes out of the bar and just sees kind of the end of the altercation. Everything. Yeah, and the dude's just getting stomped and beat on and bloodied and Colin's like welling on him and you know, I think her perspective of him was altered right there at that point, and she even she even mentions it like it's hard for her to to yeah. get past that that image, and she, it just takes time for that, and so that's why she's probably hard on him. And I mean, I'm yeah. just trying to think about Trish or like someone that's maybe my spouse that I care about. I no, would hope that they point. would hold me to a standard that. And and they would call. I hope they would call my friends out. Like I hope they would call you out, or hope they would call Josh out, like or whoever. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I but. think you make a good point because you know we're kind of coming into the movie as neutral. Yeah. Where from her perspective, she's so disappointed in this guy. She probably really like. It looks like yeah. they really loved yeah, or liked so. each other, and they had something really nice. Yeah. It's just it's kind of heartbreaking, but I am very optimistic that I think by the end of the movie or in the afterlife of the movie that they're together and happy. Like that's just what I've told myself. Really, I don't think they do. Oh, okay, yeah, I just told myself they're together. It's like oh, that's fine. My, Maybe that's my goldfish just... at five years old that he's in heaven. <laughs> what was your favorite scene? The end. So maybe we'll just go to my favorite scene first then because okay. I want to talk a lot about the end scene. Okay. Um, so I really liked after that party that they're at. Yeah. Colin and Miles. Mm-hmm. Miles gets called out for being a culture vulture. Yep. Gets into this huge fight with this uh, that black guy who called him out. Yep. Beats the shit out of him. And he keeps calling for Colin to help him out. Mm-hmm. Because he was, uh, Miles was pinned at one point. Yeah, he was getting. And Colin's like, no, I'm not jumping in. I can't do this. Can't do this, man. Miles flips, beats the shit out of this guy, then fires off his gun in the air. Tells him to get out of here. Yeah, so then they leave the party and they're kind of just having this huge altercation with each other. They're pissed. Mm -hmm. Colin is finally. Telling Miles all the things that are bothering him. Yep. And I thought it was really interesting. And they get in this huge fight and they're like, Colin's just taking all his frustration out on him. And he finally says like, why do you let me call you the N-word? Yeah. Colin says that to Miles. And he's like, you know, you calling it, 
you've been calling me that my whole life. Like, why would I change now? Whatever. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, but you never say that to me. I'm not supposed to. <laughs> and Miles is like, well, it's disrespectful. He's like, well, why do you let me call you that then? And then Colin drops him with, you're the N-word they're looking for. When he's talking about all the stuff that Miles does, yeah, but Colin's the one that they look at who yep. he they think he's doing all the shit that Miles does all the time, and I was like, man, that's deep. That was yeah, that's that was huge when when that went down. He's he, man, Miles wouldn't give it back to him, wouldn't say it back. Colin's like, come on, you can say it. I've been oh yeah, that and was it really kind of changes. One. He kind of finally sees like yeah. What he's doing, he kind of takes a step back and stops thinking selfishly because mm-hmm. he does end up going back to his apartment. And his girl even calls him, like, the N-word, and he's like, can you please not call me that? Yep. He's like, I don't want to be called that anymore. Yep. So he kind of understands, like, I don't know, in a way just not to be selfish, and it's like, why mm-hmm. is he calling me that if I don't call him that? I yeah, don't know. I agree. It's a good, g- great thought. I didn't even think about that. But I really like, too, how Colin kind of just, like, throws some rhymes every now and then. He kind of just figures out a way to put in a rhyme, like, whatever he's doing. Because you can kind of tell he's a sort of inspiring actor, or uh, actor, uh, rapper. Yeah, yeah, I would agree with that. So, yeah, that kind of leads into what you were talking about, your favorite scene being the the ending. Yeah, it's perfect. Um, So, after that fight scene that Sean just discussed, uh, they have to wake up next morning and go to work. The very first house they show up at, their you know, wife and uh, kid are like, hey, my husband's home. Just grab the boxes out of the front. And they grab the boxes and they load it up. Miles and Colin, they grab the boxes. And uh, uh, Colin goes back in to grab his jacket. And he realizes that in the photo, it's the cop that had shot the the guy, the black suspect, the black the suspect, yeah, the black suspect that he had seen at the stoplight that has been haunting him in this this entire you know, movie. Mm-hmm. And so Colin's like, "Shit!" And he hears something in the garage. So he goes into the garage, and this is like amazing. Cop turns around, and you can tell he's been drinking or crying, and he's like upset. You yep. assume that the wife and kid are leaving him. Yep. Colin gets a hold of a or has his the he gun. still has Miles' still has gun, Miles from, the gun night from the night before. Yes, he pulls it out, and then it's just this five to six minute rap slash poem slash. It's almost like slam poetry, kind of. It's like an acapella rap. It is amazing. It legit is one of the best scenes I have ever seen in my entire life. Yeah. Hands it's so gripping, keeps my attention. And when he screams, see both pictures. See both pictures. Mm-hmm. He's talking about because it's, it's blind spotting, it's where you have the the picture of it could be a vase or two faces. Right. And the brain you know, we'll switch it on and off for you. But even though you are told, right, that there's a vase and or two faces, your brain right. will still only focus on the initial, like, one. The and one that like, you first see. Exactly. Yep. 
And when Miles, or sorry, when Colin screams, see both pictures, see both pictures, he's saying, don't, like, don't blind spot me. You're going to have, you have to see the human in me. You have to see the human life that you killed. Did you dead him? Yeah. Do you know how many rings he was wearing when you killed him? How old was he? He just, he grills this cop. Right. And I love it. And he gives, you know, gives him all he has to the cop. And his last line is, you know, I'm not a killer. And he throws the gun to Miles. And yeah, so Colin walks out of the room. Yeah, Colin walks Miles out of the, the garage. And Miles in the cop. And the cop's like crying. And he zooms in on him. He's like, I didn't mean to. Like crying. Like, I didn't mean to. And he goes right back to, to Miles. And Miles looks directly at you. Yeah, the he audience. looks right down the barrel of the camera. And he says, are you sure? And I read that it initially was a different line. Really? Yeah, it was something else. I wish I would have had what it was initially <laughs> yeah, written. What a tease. I don't have it. But the actor, who, I forgot his name, uh, Miles, whoever was playing Miles' character, um, said that, and they just thought it was like way better. Oh, he ad-libbed that? Yeah. Oh, that's really cool. Yeah. I think it does make it really, really good. It's awesome. I wanted to ask you about the beginning of the scene, because... Okay. So Colin has the moving truck. Yeah. And he says that the first house, which is the cop's house, is on the way to work. So they'll go to the first house first. So that means Colin doesn't have a uniform on. He mm-hmm. just has like a tank White top. Beater. Yeah. Is it, is, okay. Yeah. Did you not think that that was going to go differently? Mm. That the tension was a little up because you're like, is this guy going to think that this black dude in his house and a wife beater is just oh, stealing his yeah. shit i didn't even think about because that. the security system is offline yep it's beeping it goes i off thought he every... was gonna oh, confront man. him because the way they shoot it too they oh, follow colin smokes. yeah so sometimes when they do that you know you you're like all right what's gonna pop out it's gonna, be, guy gonna be waiting yeah, for yeah. whoa i didn't even think about this yeah no that's exactly what it was because miles was like hey we gotta go to the first stop you know, blah, yep. blah, let's do this. And Colin doesn't have his uniform on. And I thought about that. I was like, why isn't Colin having a uniform like, on? This is, can't be good. Why They wouldn't have mentioned that. And he's like, I got, I'll go back inside and I'll grab the jack, my jacket and the last box. You stay out here. They were exactly. setting it up perfectly for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, oh, it, I mean, that's just another scene or reason why that scene is so good because it kind of flips that Ugh. narrative on its head. This movie was awesome. This is something that I will repeatedly watch every year. I agree. So kind of going back to <laughs> Liz watching. Yeah. She pointed out something. Okay. Colin is usually an Irish white name and Miles, you would assume would be a black guy's name, but in this movie they have switched to Oh. So the white character is Miles and wow. The black character uh, David Diggs, who, by the way, is Snowpiercer. Okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, is uh, is Colin. So I didn't even think about that. Interesting. Yeah, I didn't so either. So that's another thing. They're kind of flipping Shout out Liz that, for so. catching that. That's yeah. pretty good. So, I don't know. I mean, do you have anything else uh, on the movie? 
I mean, other than the like artistry behind the the music and the hip hop and or the rhyming. So there's several scenes where it's not just the end where uh, Colin spits. You know, we were just talking about how Colin kind of bebops throughout the movie right. and certain lines, but even Miles has like a an opportunity to like spit his like little verse and bars and it's when Colin's having a dream. So oh, just yeah. all around the it's not a musical. Like it's not hairspray or grease. You're right. But it kinda is a musical. It sort of <laughs> might give you that vibe though. In a really good way. You're gonna, yeah. I think if, as a, a, a watcher, and if you're listening to this and you take a, a watch of this movie, it's not your your normal musical. You're you're not going to feel like you're watching something that should have been on Broadway. Crazy thing is, though, if it did go to Broadway or it was a drama, you wouldn't be mad about it. So speaking of Broadway, that guy, David Diggs, is in Hamilton. That makes perfect sense i know liz was watching it the other night i didn't see it no but she shit. was watching with her sister and i'm like holy shit that's the guy your dude from snowpiercer that makes perfect sense and i was like and then i instantly thought of blind spotting because i'm like well that he obviously well, can is hamilton can rap. all hip-hop top like yeah type music it's kind of yeah okay. a hip-hop okay. musical okay awesome so i'll probably have to watch that soon yeah maybe I'll, you'll convince me to watch it yeah, I think that's the only way. But <laughs> I thought the only other point maybe was just that I kind of wrote down like not all felons are created equal. Like he's always going to be labeled mm. a felon. Yeah. For some fight that his friend probably did more damage in who didn't get anything. He's only in prison for two months. He'll think- never be able to vote. He'll never own a gun. Do you think that's a call out to our essentially our, our system? I, I think guess. it's a call out to everything, but yeah, for yeah. sure. Okay, man, you can pick something out of out of this movie new every time. I th- I, feel I agree. Like. I agree. Like I could watch it next year and just be like, man. I yeah, I think that. this will be a one too. I, yeah, I liked it so much more. I mean, I liked it a lot the first time, but even on the second, I'm like, man, I really do like this now that I don't have to. Yeah. Like worry about what's going to happen. I kind of know mm-hmm. the outcomes. I can, can pay attention it. to more things. Yeah. I agree. Well, that's it. Those are those three. Yeah. So I think we'll come back uh, on Wednesday. Yep. Right before the NBA starts with a preview. Yep, we're going to do a preview. And we have decided to both pick our favorite matchups. So I think we're going to pick two games each. Maybe one game each, depending upon that. And then... We're going to try to figure out um, maybe who our MVP is. Of for the, the season. Yeah, for the COVID. Since now they'll be, because it's officially, what, over, I guess? I yeah, we'll know. call it bub- bubble MVP. Yeah, Either who way. we thought was MVP of this season, sure. Um, we were watching a little bit of Lakers-Mavericks before we came in um, to record this, and LeBron's got some gray in his beard. He does. It's so crazy. It looks good. It's going to be funny watching, like, a guy who looks like a grandpa, like the silver it's line. It's like a oh, Uncle Drew. Yeah, <laughs> but Uncle way Drew better. Jesus Christ, man. Yeah, so we'll be coming at that, and then I think moving forward, Sean and I are going to try to do something off of our list and or something that we are interested in, but also pair it with 
something maybe relevant more popular yeah. yeah relevant exactly so like the next podcast i think we're going to do palm springs yep. and uh there's a movie on netflix right now called the old guard old guard yeah. i have not seen it yet but i have seen palm springs and i did really enjoy it okay. i know a lot of people have liked that so far so palm springs is on hulu so check that out it has andy sandberg in it it's yep. really funny comedy and then uh, what is it? The old guard has yep. Charlize Theron. I have not seen that yet. So on Netflix. Yep. Uh, my daughter watched it. She's twelve. She loved it. So, um, I haven't seen it yet. I'll take a peek at it. But again, thank you always for tuning in. And if you like this episode, please subscribe, follow, share, comment. If you have our numbers directly, give us feedback. This is personally for Trey, really, more than anyone, or Ricky. Shout out to Trey. Yeah, but uh, thanks so much, and like always, if the bugs don't come, leave that porch light on, dog. Leave it on, I don't like no bugs. No peeking. No peeking.